So, welcome to the second part of the series that we're going into. We've called it Cadence, and the reason that I wanted to call it Cadence is that we believe, I believe, that there is certain unforced rhythms that life is supposed to have, certain cadence. And we believe that life is supposed to have that cadence because God set forth for us a certain rhythm that we as human beings should live in order to not just maintain for survival, but maintain for your, my optimal health, optimal fulfillment, and optimal um, just just purpose. However, the society and the life that we have developed, that we live in, it's got to a place where doctors have actually coined a phrase or discovered what they called, they call it a disease, and it's called hurry sickness. And it was coined by cardiologists that were studying heart disease. And what they found was that hurry sickness within our relationships are destroying our relationships in our lives. And I gave you six questions last week. I'm not going to go through them again. If you missed last week's message, I'm going to encourage you, go to our website or YouTube or church, the Church Center app, and you can learn all about hurry sickness and see if you got it. But what we did was we ranked ourselves on how many of these are true of us. And after the message last weekend, I got so much feedback from many, many of you that made me feel a lot better because some of you are worse than I am. <laughs> that made me feel good about myself. But no, as I discussed with you, I am right there with you. I was very vulnerable last week about my issues with hurry sickness and just you know, because I had just allowed myself to just stay in a state of rush and hurry all the time. And I think that this is, man, I think this is the message series that we need right now within our culture and within our world. And I, but I want to let you know, we can beat this. There is a better way. And that's what we're going to be looking at the next several weeks, just studying the life of Jesus and how he did it. Because Jesus accomplished, he accomplished more than any of us will in our entire lifetime but he just did it in a little over three years. And never one time do we find him hurried or rush. That's encouraging to me because I know that I have lived a, a life of hurry. But let's look at our theme verse. Let's start out there. Matthew 11, in the message paraphrase, it says this. Are you tired? Yes. Are you worn out? Many of us. Are you burned out on religion? A lot of us. Jesus says, come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. How amazing would that be? I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me, work with me, and watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace, the cadence of life. And I won't, let, I won't lay anything ill-fitting or heavy on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. That's what we want during this series this month, okay? Now, just to be honest with you, when I first began to really dig into this subject and, and this issue of hurry, I, just the thought of slowing down was hard. Like, I know people who don't have hurry sickness. They have slowness sickness. But the thing that I realized is that, look, you can be less hurried but still more productive in life. You see, Jesus, Jesus' life exemplifies this. He doesn't seem to ever be in a hurry, and yet 
he accomplished such amazing things in such a short amount of time. Well, yeah, Micah, I mean, that's easy. That's Jesus, right? Like, you don't understand my life. You don't understand my business. You don't understand my work. You don't understand my family. You don't understand the things I have to do. And I, I've, just to be honest, vulnerably, I feel like that too. I want to I wanna accomplish the most I can within the short window of time I can here as a minister. And so I could justify my life as a minister and say, yeah, it's, but it's the kingdom of God. If I don't do, the, do what I'm called to do, and if I don't do a lot of it as much as I possibly can, people are going to die and go to hell. But I've learned that there's no holes in my hands. I'm not your savior. I'm nobody's savior. But it's tempting for me to just work, minister faster and more and more rushed. And yet I know there's a lot of you that are here that are more busy than I am. CEOs and doctors and coaches and people that work second jobs just to make ends meet. But I think about you single parents within our church. I pray for you all the time. Most of us can never imagine now think about those of you that are caring for aging parents. See, so many of us, if we're honest, we could just say, look, Micah, there's not enough hours in the week to get everything that I need to get done, done and, and be successful about it. So then the question, the obvious question for all of us becomes how? So if I've got too much to do already, how am I going to slow down? How? Am I going to do this? How, how do I slow down? And I want you to know that from the scriptures, from the Bible, there is described way better ways to live our lives. And today, we are going to look at one principle, one cadence that God gives us for slowing down. There's a lot of them, but this is one. And this is one of the big ones. In Exodus 20, this is a part of the scripture where God gives us the big ten, the ten commandments. And one of these Ten Commandments is actually designed to slow us down. So let's look at them real quick. This is a paraphrase, okay? Worship only one God. Have no idols. Don't dishonor God's name. Number four, we're going to skip that one for a second. Honor your father and mother. Don't commit murder. Don't commit adultery. Don't steal. Don't lie. Don't covet what belongs to somebody else. Now, if we look at all of these other nine, how many of us would be okay breaking any of these commandments. This is God's top 10 as far as how to live our lives. And most of us today would say, you know, I don't feel comfortable breaking any of these. And yet the fourth commandment is the one commandment in our day and age that we are completely okay breaking. And I'm going to show you the fourth commandment. And this is in summary. This is what it says. Every seven days, you must take one day off to rest no work allowed. I wonder how many of us are doing a little bit of work seven days a week. I know I've been guilty. In fact, this is not just a commandment we're okay breaking. We actually brag about it. Like, How are you doing? How's life going? Oh, man, I am so busy. I have got so much going on. I haven't had a day off in four weeks. Would you do that with any of the other commandments? Hey, how's your marriage? Oh, man, I cheated on my wife four weeks in a row. Wow. No, we wouldn't be okay doing with that, doing that. But yet, this is the one that we're okay with. 
So I want to get into the actual commitment the way it was written in the Bible, okay? Exodus 20, verse 8. This is God. He says, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Now, the word holy there just means set apart. This is different. Six days, you can labor, you can do all your work within those six days, all your emails, all your work texts, all your Zoom calls, all that stuff, six days. But the seventh day is a Sabbath day to the Lord your God. And, and it says, on it, you shall do no email, no work texts, take no work calls. And then God goes through and takes care of all of our excuses Yep, not only you, but not your son, not your daughter, not your male or female servants. Guys, your animals cannot work on the Sabbath because I know somebody would ask, nor any foreigner. So not only is this the longest commandment, but it's also the one with the most explanation because God knew that we would struggle with this. So he says, for in six days, the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that's in them, and then he, he rested on the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed, that's important, remember that, we're gonna come back to it. He blessed the Sabbath and made it holy. He set it aside. Now, the word Sabbath is very simple. It just means stop it. It just means to stop, to cease. That's all Sabbath means. And we say, well, what do I stop? It's very simple, all your work. That means Melissa cannot give me a honeydew list on the Sabbath. Okay? Now, the big thing that we need to know about the Sabbath, this is just the big thing. Six days you do your work, but on the seventh day, this is a stopping day. It is a day to stop for the Lord. Okay? Now, the Sabbath is a non-negotiable thing for God. And when God gave the Ten Commandments, he did not get... Now, I want to clarify this. this the Ten Commandments are not for our salvation. You're not going to go to hell for working on the Sabbath. You don't earn your way into heaven. You are saved by grace. His goodness to you, you cannot earn it at all. And then when you're born again, because you're born again, you are then baptized. Baptism doesn't... Nothing that you can do earns you salvation. Okay. God gave us these commandments so it could go well for us physically, emotionally, mentally, and this is one of them. And so behind all the Ten Commandments, there are these simple principles. For instance, don't murder. Jesus clarified in the New Testament, it's not just about murder, you shouldn't hate. So the principle there is love. We're to love others. And if you love others, you'll never hate or murder. What about adultery? Jesus clarified in the New, in the New Testament, it's not just about adultery. It's you shouldn't even lust with your eyes. It's about purity. That's the principle. The principle behind the Sabbath is very, very simple. The principle behind the Sabbath is rest. Now watch this. This is crazy. God has to command you to rest. How messed up, how sick are we that he has to command us to rest? In the, in the book that a lot of this is based off of, uh, John Mark Comer said, God commanding us to rest is like us having to command our children to eat ice cream. You must eat it. No, yes, you must. You would think we would want to rest. We would want to follow this command. And yet God knew there was something deeply wrong on the inside of us. Just like lust and hate that our flesh nature is so programmed to overdo it for, for whatever reason that is. Whatever my excuse is, whatever your excuse is, God knew that our flesh nature not only wanted to hate, not only wanted to lust, not only wanted to lie, 
but also wanted that we, our, our flesh nature would want to, us to work ourselves into the ground. He had to command us to rest. Could that be one of the reasons why many of us are so exhausted today? Why we don't feel peace in our lives is because we're breaking one of the top 10 commandments. Hmm. You see, the Sabbath, the Sabbath is actually blessed. Exodus 20, 11, uh, says, Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. <laughs> when he said this, this is an explanation as to why we should do the Sabbath. And the first mention of the Sabbath, though, is not in the Ten Commandments here. It's actually back in the creation account in the very beginning of the Bible when God created the whole world. Genesis chapter 2, let's go there. It says, by the seventh day, this is the creation, and on the seventh day, he finished the work that he had been doing, and so on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. From the beginning of the earth, God modeled for us what he wanted us to do. It was to model for us. You think God got tired? Like, whoo, those fish took a lot out of me. I need to rest. No. But watch this. Next verse. Then God blessed the seventh day. God blessed a day in the creation account. Do you know there's only three things in the creation account that God blessed? Watch this. This is one of them, but Genesis chapter 1, the first thing he blesses is the animals. This is in context of the animals. God blessed them and said, be fruitful and increase. He blessed them so that they could be fruitful and increase, fill the earth with life. Second thing is us, mankind. It's, he used the same language. He blessed them, mankind, and said, be fruitful and increase, fill the world with life. And the, only thing, the only other thing that God blessed was a day in the Genesis account. Why would he bless a period of time? Why would he bless a day? I think it's the same reason why he blessed the animals and he blessed mankind. And that, and that is to be fruitful and increase. Because when we take a day off, God makes, it, makes the other six in fruitful and increase. This is so earth shattering to me is that he blessed men, he blessed animals, so that they could multiply, be fruitful and increase. He also blessed time so it could multiply. We're so worried that we're not gonna get enough done, so we break the Sabbath, and yet God is trying to tell us that if you honor the Sabbath, I will bless the other six days, and they will be fruitful and increase, they'll multiply. It's pretty crazy. Look at this, the word bless means to evoke divine favor and to fill with strength. So we're trying to work and work and work. We're trying to get ahead to have favor with customers or find favor with our boss, to find favor with, with whoever. And God says, no, if you honor the Sabbath, I will bless it and evoke divine favor on it. And in the middle of all that, so many times we struggle with energy and strength. I mean, just physically, we're exhausted, mentally and emotionally just exhausted. Sometimes even spiritually, ex we get exhausted. We're, we're totally exhausted. And right in the Genesis account, he gives us the key to more strength, to not only favor with bosses and with customers and, and those kind of things, but also with strength within our life. And it's all in this spiritual law called Sabbath where we set aside a day, where God blesses a day, the Sabbath day. 
this principle is very similar to tithing. Now, for those of you that know, uh, we teach tithing uh, every week. We give you a little nugget, not only about generosity, but also about the tithe. And the tithe is simply where God says, hey, if you'll give me or the house of God or the, your local church the, 10%, the first 10%, if you'll do that, he promises that he will bless the other 90%. That word bless means he's going to bring that other 90% favor and strength in your finances. And so he, will, he promises that he will bless the 90% more than the 100% would have ever been able to do. And this is the principle. When we give God a full day off, like he commanded, he will bless six days so that we can get more done in six than seven. It's the same principle as tithing. That was his, that was his promise. The one day gives life to the six days. Now, I know this is incredibly counterintuitive. Yeah, it's so like that is way too good to be true. Just like the tithe, you'll never know it's true unless you begin practicing it and trying it. That's what I want to encourage you. Now, one thing about me is I lo- I'm a nerd, guys. I'm a geek. I love history. I love data. I love all that stuff. And what's amazing to me is when science finally discovered what was in the Bible all along. The world being round. Did you know that it's in the Bible that the world's not flat? It was there the whole time. There's all these examples. They would have male children circumcised on the eighth day. That's thousands of years ago in the Bible. But today, just within the last few hundred or a hundred years, they've discovered that the eighth day is when a child's immune system is at its highest. It was, it was in there the whole time. There's hundreds, if not thousands of examples of this. And so we might be tempted to look at this command and go, well, my, you know, that might work back then. But the technology and industry, just the pace of life right now, I mean, that's not realistic to take one day just to stop all work and rest. Well, let's look at some facts and figures today. There are only two large companies today that take off one day a week when everybody else works Sunday. You know what they are? Yeah. Some of you are angered by this right? Because we drive in the Chick-fil-A parking lot on a Sunday and I just want a chicken sandwich. (laughs) Well, if you go on their website, the founder is, he's a Christian and he writes very clearly. He says, we take Sundays off because we want our employees to have one day off to rest and to worship. You can go look at it. It's on their website. But apparently he didn't understand that in the restaurant industry, Sunday is the highest grossing sales day of the week. So sure, Chick-fil-A, you could take Sundays off, but you're never going to be as profitable. You're never going to make as much money as your competitors who work seven days a week. It's impossible. You cannot take the highest grossing sales day off and expect to compete with these other stores that are within your industry. Unless... There is a spiritual law in place. Now, I know some of you own businesses and restaurants, and I don't think all businesses and restaurants should be closed on Sunday, okay? I think this is a principle that each individual needs within their life. Every individual needs a Sabbath, okay? As long as you rotate your employees around, everybody's got a Sabbath, everybody can keep the Sabbath and set it aside as holy. But as a principle, I want to show you something. Let's look at fast food store sales by store. That's how they measure profitability. 
okay? So McDonald's, 2.9 million per year per store. in and out 3.1 million per year per store. Whataburger, 3.2 million per year per store. And then Raising Cane's, we don't have those around here, but they do 3.9 million per year per store. And guess how much Chick-fil-A does? Chick-fil-A is not, they're in a whole nother atmosphere than everybody else. They blow the competition away by over a million dollars a store a year. How does a fast food restaurant that takes off the highest grossing day of the week blow the competition away? Now, granted, they, they have great service. They have great chicken. But there's no way that that makes up for over a million dollars per store per year. When they only have, when, or then when they take off the largest grossing day of the week. There is absolutely no other explanation than God's blessing on their company for honoring the Sabbath. It is a principle from God that, look... We are fighting a spiritual law of the universe if we ignore this principle, all right? Another store that does the same thing is Hobby Lobby, okay? They take off on Sunday and they blow their competition away. It is a spiritual law of the Sabbath. Now, why don't you hear about this in the business world? Why don't we read articles in the Harvest Business Review, or Forbes, like a case study of, you know, Chick-fil-A or Hobby Lobby or, you know, I think it's because they can't explain it. The only way to explain it is this spiritual law, and so they got to ignore it. This is God's blessing. The same blessing is in your life and can be in my life personally with my marriage and with my son, with, with your kids, you know, our businesses, all of those things. It will work. God does more with six days if we will give him the one day. Now, a lot of people will ask questions. So, well, Micah, which day is the Sabbath? Do I have to take it on Sunday because that's when I come to church? No, in the scripture, their Sabbath wasn't even on Sunday. It was on Saturday. Well, Micah, what happens if I work the weekends? Like me, I work the weekends. Our whole staff works the weekends. Look, the principle is that you give God one day out of seven. Don't legalize this like the Pharisees. Look, my Sabbath is usually on Saturday. Now, sometimes we have events on Saturday and outreaches or I'm traveling or something like that, and I will switch, and it usually goes to Friday. But the biggest question that people ask is this. What do I do on the Sabbath? Like, if, so if I can't do work, what do I do? Well, I personally think that that's the wrong question. I think the right question is, what do you not do on the Sabbath? It is a stopping day, no work. You don't, you don't work at, on your house. You don't, check, you don't check your work email. You don't, you, know, you don't need to get legalistic about it. Jesus ripped the Pharisees for being legalistic. But the idea is just simple. You don't do any work. Now, remember, the principle is rest. So how do we rest? Well, you rest however you rest best. It's all about rest. Everybody's different. And some ideas might be go to a nice restaurant, eat something that you enjoy, do something that you enjoy that gives you life, gives you rest. Go play with your kids or your grandkids. Go read a book, take a walk. 
You could do art. You could play sports, watch a movie, take a nap. How about that? Have sex. Seriously, it's a day to be enjoyed. Now, have sex with your spouse. Clear that out. Clear that up. Married people only. All right? If you don't have the ringy, you can't do the thingy. All right? Somebody is nudging their spouse going, hey, honey, I think we need to go honor the Sabbath. (laughs) Pastor Micah says it's a spiritual law. Now, just don't work, okay? Do things that give you rest, all right? So some other things where modern data and science line up with this spiritual law of the universe, it's pretty crazy. This was given to us thousands of years ago, and there's tons of studies, but recently published in National Geographic, there's this guy named Dan Butner, and he published an article called The Secrets of a Long Life, and he just wanted to know why do people live longer? He went all over the world studying people who live longer than everybody else, and when he got to America, There was a surprising group of people that lived longer than anybody else. It was a group of people called the Seventh-day Adventists. And the Seventh-day Adventists, they were a group of people that really focused on and they were extremely strict about taking the seventh day, one day a week, and taking it off and having a Sabbath. And they found that on average, these people lived 10 times longer than, or 10 years longer than everybody else. Okay, now let me let this sink in. I want to do the math for you. If you took one day off every seven, once a week, over a lifetime, do you want to know how many years that adds up to? Just over 10 years. Wow. God is telling us there is a spiritual law, the way he designed us and the universe, that we need to take a Sabbath, or we are literally stripping life, time, off the end of our lives. Let me say this just to help it sink in. When we do not take a Sabbath, we are rushing the end of our lives. So when you think about it, for every Sabbath that we don't take now, it could be that we're taking it off of the end of our life later. Micah, man, my boss or my business, it demands of me that I work seven days a week. I'm gonna ask a mean question. What if your boss or what if your business demanded of you that you commit adultery? What? Absolutely not. What if your boss or your business demanded that you cheat on your spouse? Absolutely not. Well, that's one of the 10 commandments as well. You see, we tend to dismiss this because the consequences of this commandment are not right in our face like murder or adultery or those kind of things but i want to tell you that this is a commandment that god has given us but it's but it's for us too he wants to bless your other six days he wants to bless my other six days but he can't if we don't honor the sabbath because it's a spiritual law that's put into place he spun it into the universe it's a spiritual law a universal law that if we break this commandment, look, it's not like he's, com- he's punishing us if we don't. It's a spiritual law. It runs on its own. And God is not a liar. He cannot say something and then override that something. The Bible's very clear that God honors his word over his will. It's his will that all men be saved. But they're not because it's his word that he gives us free will. 
So if you don't want to surrender your life to Christ and you want to pay the consequences for your own sin, he honors his word that he'll allow you to do that for free will as opposed to his will that you would never pay for your own sin. See, his will is to bless us. His will is to bless the other six, but he can't override his word where he said, if you keep the Sabbath holy, I'll bless the other six. And if you don't, then the spiritual law is not, it, it doesn't work for us. This is incredibly convicting for me because there's, there's so much more than could ever be done in my world as a pastor and a minister and a shepherd. There is literally no end to my work, to my ministry. But here's what I've discovered is if I honor God's word and this command that I can bless more people in six days. I can shepherd more people in six days. I can teach better if I only study six days. I can strengthen more families in six days if I will give the first day to God. And what's crazy is God wants that first day, but he doesn't want it for him. He wants it for me. He wants it for you. Could it be that in my life or in your life today, the reason that we struggle so desperately is because we break this command. See, I can't expect to break the principles of God and experience the blessing of God as well. So I'm challenging me, I'm challenging you to put this command into practice, this principle into practice. It's a gift from God to you so that he can bless you. And here's my challenge for all of us, just for the rest of the year, for the rest of 2022, it's only two and a half months. Take off one day a week and do it with no excuses, no work. You might have to go back to your work and talk to them and change some things. You might have to set up your phone and your email, turn the notifications off to where it won't tempt us. The scriptures are very, very clear. If we will honor this principle, it will change our lives. Will you stand with